All right, the book of Hebrews, if you would, Hebrews chapter number 12. Thank you for the music. Require all the music. Excellent as always. Uh, blessing. The right kind of music will help you. The right kind of music will uh, get your heart in tune, uh, ready for the message this evening. So Hebrews chapter number 12. Uh, I mentioned this morning very quickly uh, what I'd be preaching on tonight. And uh, it is a, a thought. It is a passage of Scripture uh, that I refer to in my own personal life. I have many of those to remind me of, remind me of what God's done for me, to remind me of what uh, my purpose in life is, to remind me of the importance of faithful, faithfulness. And so tonight I, I want to get just a, this simple truth uh, across of us finishing our race, us when the Lord calls us home with that trumpet sounds, us to be faithfully serving the Lord. Now, we have a responsibility to finish our race, but our enemy, the adversary, the devil, is going to do everything he can to keep us from finishing our race. And so uh, I'm going to spend a few minutes in the introduction tonight uh, reminding us of the importance of finishing and then give us some thoughts uh, so, to help us finish the race. But look at Hebrews chapter number 12. I'll read the first two verses. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. There's so much that can be preached from these two verses of Scripture. I've preached several times from them, but I want us to look at the phrase at the end of verse number 1, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. We know that we need to run <coughs> the race. Paul, at the end of his life, <coughs> his last words, if you will, he talked about finishing his course. He had run his race. But there's a key that I think we don't pay enough attention to sometimes, and we are admonished to run with patience. I'll make this statement again, but I want to make it before I pray. The race that we run with our life is not a sprint. It's a marathon. We must run with patience. This life we run there's some wonderful things that we enjoy because of God's blessings. There's also some valleys that God allows us to walk through. There's some prosperous times. There's some lean times. There's some times of great celebration. There's some times of just work and labor. But the goal remains the same, to run our, our race with patience. Tonight, I want to speak on this subject. Finish your race. Finish your race. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the blessings we've already received tonight. I pray for the next few minutes. I pray the Spirit of God would <clears throat> direct my thoughts. He would uh, guide my words. And Father, I pray that everyone tonight uh, in the service, watching by live stream, uh, listening by some other means tonight would uh, not just give attention to what I say, but would give attention to the Spirit of God as He speaks to their heart. And Father, I, I still believe the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. 
I still believe your word sustains us. Your word will strengthen us. Your word will encourage us. I still believe in the year 2021 that the Spirit of God still moves. Uh, He still speaks to hearts. Uh, He still comforts us. And Father, I ask that he does all of those things this evening, as well as in areas that we need to be convicted, that may he convict us as well. And Father, I pray your will will be done, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For some time I've had several things on my heart, and certainly last year, 2020, was there has never been a year like 2020. Uh, But I want to say there's never going to be a year like 2021 either. Um, Every opportunity we have to trust the Lord is an opportunity that we ought to seize. And certainly it's, it's no secret that for all of us navigating this past year was different. As a pastor, it was certainly different. I couldn't refer back to any college notes to in my pastoral classes to, what do you do when there's a pandemic? Uh, I, I checked. There was nothing there. Uh, but, uh, you know, certainly some things the Lord has put. We're in this campaign. The Lord has put a lot of things on my heart and my mind as far as the next steps for this church and the building campaign. And I am certain uh, it has already been proven uh, in, my, in my heart and mind just through the campaign fellowships uh, the feedback from the membership, the commitments that have already been made, uh, that the Lord's timing, of course, is perfect. The Lord's going to do a great work. There's some things that the Lord has uh, impressed upon my heart through His Word, through my time with Him. He, he's going to do some wonderful things. Uh, he is going to bless us as we continue to step out by faith because He blesses faith. Uh, I still believe that God is looking in the year 2021 for a group of Christians to just believe God. You know, we, we really, as God's people, generally speaking, we ought to be ashamed of ourselves because we believe the news more than we believe God. We believe politicians on both sides of the aisle more than we believe God. We'll believe Hollywood before we believe God. We'll believe this world before we believe God. I just want to believe God. And as a church, I, I still believe God's looking for a group of people who still believes God can move in the day that we live in. I'm certain that there's going to be souls saved. I'm certain there's going to be lives salvaged. As certain as I'm standing behind this pulpit tonight, the day is coming when I'm going to have the privilege, as you will, to walk down the hallways of those buildings that we have looked at those drawings. I believe in my whole heart it's, it's going to happen. As sure as I am of all of that, for the last oh little bit, little, little while, Lord's impressed upon my heart to remind all of us as well, though, that when we get God's attention, it gets the devil's attention as well. And when we get the attention of God, and God blesses, by the way, one reason why we ought to seek the blessings of God is because when God is blessing a church, when God blesses the life of a Christian, it is a testimony to this world of the goodness of God and the difference in the life. You know what is different between your life and my life as we go out into this world is the goodness of God, is the graciousness of God. And we ought to let that light shine. But as sure as I believe that God is going to bless, and He has blessed, and He is blessing, He's going to bless in the future, uh, we have God's attention. By the way, let me remind you, faith gets God's attention. Faithfulness, I'm going to preach about faithfulness tonight, it gets God's attention. But it gets the attention of the devil as well. As well. And you and I have always got to be mindful of the fact that we have an adversary. We have an enemy. And he wants to stop us from 
finishing our race. Now, I assume you feel this way, but if there's something the devil wants, I don't want to give it to him. If there's a goal that he has, I don't want to help him. Matter of fact, as much as I've determined to help God in any way that I can help his work, I have just determined I'm just going to fight the devil as hard and as much as I possibly can. Uh, years ago, years ago, going through a trial, I, I, this is, hear me out before you turn me off, I made a deal with the devil. Some of you are going, I knew it. This, would be, this, this part of the clip the video will be clipped and, and, and shared. I knew, we knew it. We knew it. Here's my deal with the devil. Every time you mess with me, I'm going to tell somebody how to be saved. Every time you attack our church, and he does, and he will, and he will continue to, anytime you mess with the Emmanuel Baptist Church, we're adding a missionary. We're, we're starting a new ministry. Because I want to oppose the devil. Now, part of my responsibility as the pastor of this church is to try and be your under-shepherd, is try to help you, strengthen you, encourage you to serve God in a greater way. But make no mistake about it, part of my responsibility, too, is to fight the devil on your behalf. Uh, I, 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 I engage in spiritual warfare through prayer. Part of preaching the things that I preach from behind this pulpit is to engage the enemy for your sake and for your, on your behalf. Let's make no mistake that as we get God's attention, we are going to get the devil's attention. I'm laying all of that as groundwork to remind you and I, no matter what takes place around us, we have a responsibility to finish the race that God has given us. We, that ought to be our goal. That ought to be our desire. It is a marathon. It is something we try and finish. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you finish first, second, third, fourth. Just finish. Just stay faithful. Tonight I want to remind us as we look at our text to run with patience the race that is set before us. One of my motivations, one of the things that keeps me going when I'm not as excited as I should be about serving the Lord. One of the things that keeps me going whenever I have, when the burden's a little bit heavier, when the battle's a little bit hotter, is I come to this passage of Scripture and I'm reminded I want to finish my course, I want to finish my race. That motivates me to finish. Uh, I don't have to finish first, but I need to finish. I, somebody may have to drag me over the finish line, but I have to finish. I don't want to fall by the wayside. I hope that's all of our goals this evening is to finish. But I want to remind you once again, and, I, and I'm not going to preach long tonight, but I want us to just get this, be reminded and be challenged tonight to determine to run with patience. Run with patience. Run with patience. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. I used uh, the offering from Mama Ha as one, one example, and we had several of our members go home to be the Lord this past year. And what I, I, there's a lot of things I admire about all of them, but I admire the fact that they finished their race. 
they were serving God when he took them home. I look forward to seeing the face of my Savior one day. I want to trans transfer from serving him here, and when I enter into his presence, I want to be a smooth transition from serving from one side of eternity to serving him on the other side of eternity. Can I remind all of us tonight, if you're saved, you're going to serve him for all of eternity. You're going to sing about him for all of eternity. I want to do that now. I want to bring honor and glory to him now, and so I want to finish my course. In order to do that, you're going to have to understand it's a marathon. I have such great respect and admiration for Christians who've served the Lord their whole life, the majority of life. Many of you, I'm often reminded, we have a unique relationship because I grew up in this church. And many of you watched me grow up in this church. I look around uh, the, the auditorium uh, this evening and I see some people who taught me Sunday school. That's why I've had to study so much harder in the Word of God to uh, pastor this church. But you, you, I, you've taught me Sunday school. Uh, many of my school teachers uh, sit in the uh, building this evening, and that's why I'm so articulate and so, so knowledgeable of so many things. And uh, the investments that have been made in my life. One thing I love to be, and I love to be around older preachers who have just stayed faithful. Because there's a lot of preachers who give up this book. Quite frankly, they compromise. Can I just go on record just in case you're not sure where I stand? I don't care what home you grew up in. I don't care what things have happened to you. If you give up this book, according to God, you're an enemy of the cross. I'm not going to have coffee with you. Now, there's a lot of lost people I have a cup of coffee with because I'm trying to win them to Christ. But if you're an enemy of the cross, I'm not giving you the time of day. Say, Pastor, that's not Bible. Oh, yeah, it is. And in two Sunday nights, I'm going to show you from, from the Word of God how it's Bible. Uh, it, it's, 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 it's just the way that it is. I admire, at the Preacher's Delight Conference this fall, we're going to admire some preachers who've been preaching for decades. We're going to honor them. Uh, because that's what we ought to do. That's motivation to me. This may mean nothing to you, but it's motivation to me. I look around and I see some of you, you're a lot grayer in your hair, if, well, anyway, than you were many, many years ago. And to you younger couples, you don't understand the greatness that you sit amongst. You don't understand the faithfulness. You don't understand the sacrifice. I want you to use that as an example to finish. Use it as a motivation to finish. Let me give you a few things tonight. And I just want to talk to you. From, I have been talking to you from my heart. I want to talk to you from my heart tonight about finishing your race. I want to give you some things to consider when it comes to determining to run with patience. Now, this is not the outline yet, but let me remind you, there's going to be good days and bad days. Hard times and easier times. There's going to be great celebrations of victories. There's going to be some defeats. There's going to be joy and laughter. There's going to be some shed tears. Don't quit in the downtime. Don't quit in the valley. Because if you get through that valley, there's victory ahead. Don't quit through the famine because there's a great harvest coming. Don't quit on God no matter how difficult life gets, no matter how heavy the burden is. Just determine to finish your race. To me, this is a great secret of the Christian life. I'm just not quitting. I'm just not stopping. I'm just not giving up on God. 
I'm just going to continue. But it's hard. It's always been hard. At least I'm not tied to a stake being burned at the stake for my beliefs tonight. It's not quite that hard. But we ought to just finish. Some things to consider when it comes to finishing. Number one, consider the witnesses. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. I have a message I'm preparing just on the witnesses, but I will say this about the witnesses. Think about who's in those witnesses. I'm telling you tonight some things that motivate me. If it doesn't motivate you, maybe tonight I just need to preach to myself. It's been a while since I've heard some, heard some good preaching, so I'm going to hear some tonight. But the, those witnesses, when I think about those witnesses, it motivates me. I think about men who've preached in centuries gone by. Men who I, as a small child and as a young man, I had the privilege to hear preach, and now they're in glory. They held true to the faith until the Lord took them home. And I want to give up my Bible because it's popular. I can't do that. I want to finish because I consider the witnesses. My, my, my grandparents are part of those witnesses. Well, you, th you, th you think my dad preached a mean sermon? You think I step on your toes from time to time? You should have had a longer than a five-minute conversation with my grandmother. It didn't come from... Some of you think my dad's the start of it. No, 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 it's my grandmother. Can, can, I, get a, can, I, get a, can I get a witness over here? Where's my family? Yeah, you got to get a witness. And so, uh, yeah, it's my grandmother. I can't give up the truth. I remember before she died, my family went through and we saw her. And... I just wanted to see my grandmother. And son, if you ever compromise. That's how every conversation started and ended with my grandmother. I'm going to get to heaven. I'm going to say, Jesus, can I see my grandmother? And as soon as she sees me, she says, son, did you come? And that's the way it's going to be. I know it's the way it's going to be. Think about that cloud of witnesses. Think, think about who's in that cloud. We make such sacrifices for God, don't we? If we're to read the end of Hebrews chapter number 11, we've spent much time on there. Those unnamed martyrs a part of the witnesses. This may not motivate... Maybe your life is perfect. Maybe your life is easy. Mine's not always easy. I have burdens like you have burdens. I have challenges like you have challenges. My greatest hindrance to my race is me. Let me let you in on a little secret. Your greatest hindrance as you run your race is you. And when my flesh doesn't want to endure, and when my spirit is weak, I consider the witnesses. I consider those who've gone on before me. I can't, I can't, I can't quit. I can't stop running my race. So tonight, as I encourage you to run your race with patience, consider the witnesses, that great cloud of witnesses. Consider who's in it. Consider who's going on before us. Those we read of in Scripture, they've gone on before us. Those who we've known and loved, they've gone on before us. Those who have invested in us, they've gone on before us. I want to continue to run my race. I consider the witnesses. Number two, the second thought tonight. Uh, as, I, as I run my race, and again, this is something that motivates me. As I run my race, I don't want to be a stumbling block. I don't want to be the one who runs the race and leaves something for somebody else to trip over. I can finish. 
But it comes down to the Christian life, and it's a lot about what we've been talking about investing in the future, investing in other people. Am I going to help somebody else finish, or am I going to hinder somebody else from finishing? I don't want to be a stumbling block. As we run our race, we keep our eyes on the Lord, and verse number 2 reminds us of that. But as I run my race, I want to run it so that considering a stumbling block, I don't want to fall on somebody's stumbling block, but I don't want to be a stumbling block. I don't want somebody, and by the way, I don't think this is going to measure up if we want to use somebody else as an excuse. One day we're going to give an account of it. Well, well, so-and-so did this. That's not going to wash because we get in the presence of the Lord. We're all going to be reminded we should have done more. We, we, should, we should have given more. We should have even put up with more. We should for His sake. But I don't want it to be ever, ever anybody to point at me and say, well, he, because of Him... I, now, I, I, can't, I can't help it if somebody does that, except for the fact that I want to live in a way that I don't want to be a stumbling block. Let me just sum, summarize this point like this. If I quit, I'm going to give somebody else an excuse to quit. If I compromise, I'm giving somebody else an excuse to compromise. If I say I've had enough, I'm not doing anymore, I, I, I'm tired of this, I'm tired of running my race. I'm weary. I've done enough for God. If I quit, somebody else is going to look at me and say, if he can quit, I can quit. And I don't want that on me. I don't want that on my record. I don't want to give an account of that. I do not want to be a stumbling block. I want to be the opposite. I want to be the one that when the burden's heavy, somebody looks to it and says, well, they kept going. I can keep going. I want to be the one that says, it may not have always been pretty, but he's dragging himself over the finish line. I want to be that kind of a motivation, not an excuse that somebody can point to and say, well, they quit that I use them for justification. Every mom and dad needs to listen very, very well. Don't be be the reason your children don't have the opportunity to serve God with their life. Don't be the reason... Don't be the one that takes them out of a Bible-preaching church. And by the way, don't let them drag you out of a Bible-preaching church too. Don't be the reason. Don't be a stumbling block. I'm just, this may not help you tonight. This, sometimes I just like to share the heart, of the heart of your pastor. Because if it helps me, it probably helps you. But it also lets you, lets you get to know your pastor a little bit better. Don't be a stumbling block. I don't want anybody to look at me as an excuse of why. That's what one thing we did when my wife and I did when we lost Amanda, when Amanda passed away at, at eight and a half months. We purpose in our hearts to not be a stumbling block. We purpose in our heart to not, to not quit and to not be an excuse. Now, I'm sure we haven't always done that perfectly, and I'm sure we all haven't always shown the grace that we should have grown. But I didn't want, even though man would say, well, if I would quit, I would quit. But I don't ever want to do that to be an excuse. And friend, you may say, that's, that's good, Pastor. That's you. You're the pastor. Everybody looks to you. But I promise you, somebody is looking at you. There's somebody you work with right now that doesn't even, you don't even know they're watching you. You don't even know that they're considering the life you live. And they know you're a Christian. They know you're a child of God. And if you quit on him, what kind of a testimony? There's going to be, a, I believe, there's going to be a lot of people cast in that eternal lake of fire. And it's going to be because a child of God quit before they could be that witness they need to be. Number three, 
I said, number one, consider the witnesses. <clears throat> number two, don't be a stumbling block. Number three, don't be hindered in your race. One of the most powerful verses in, in the Bible is help me as a pastor. Help me as a preacher set parameters around my life and around my ministry. It, it's a powerful verse of Scripture, Galatians 5, 7. When the Apostle Paul writes, ye did run well. That's a pretty good statement. Ye did run well. Who did, who did hinder you? that you should not obey the truth. You know, if you get out of church tonight, there's going to be somebody to help you. And if you want out, somebody's there waiting on you to help you. You don't, want, you don't grow up in a church like this and be taught the things of God. And the same Spirit of God who authors this book convicts your heart of your need of salvation. The same Holy Spirit that convicts your heart of salvation, when you call on Jesus, that same Holy Spirit seals you into the day of redemption. That same Holy Spirit, as you sit as a little boy or a little girl at a Sunday school class, and that Sunday school teacher teaches from this book that the Holy Spirit writes, they have the Holy Spirit in them, you have the Holy Spirit in you, and when they teach you, the Spirit bears witness with the Spirit in you and convinces you and teaches you that this is right. You don't sit under the preaching of the Word of God week in and week out, and God do works in your life. And then that same Spirit of God one day come back to you and say, that book that you read that convicted you of your need of salvation, it's not true. It's not the Holy Spirit of God that tells you the Bible is not true. It's somebody. It wasn't God that came to Eve in the garden and said, uh, you'll not surely die. It was Satan misquoting God. And might I add, Satan's been doing that ever since. And in the garden, he was in the form of a serpent. Now many times, he's in the form of a YouTube preacher. He's in the form of a non-denominational preacher. He's in the form of a backslidden Baptist who did hinder you. This may not help you. And if this doesn't apply to you tonight, that, that's fine. Mark it down as a warning. And, 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 but as, as your pastor, there's, there's parameters I set around myself. There are people who I will not let influence me because I might like them. Pastor, that sounds really, really weird. Well, Pastor, they're, they're, not, they're nice. That's why, I, won't, that's why, that's why I, I guard myself. Because they're nice. Because me finishing my race is the most important thing I do. Uh, you're not going to change your belief system because the Bible changes it. There'll be somebody who puts a doubt. You know, an easy illustration is, and it's not a problem in our church, and it's not going to be a problem in our church, but nobody ever becomes a Calvinist by reading the Bible. They become a Calvinist by reading a book. If you don't know what Calvinism is, you don't need to know. It's a false doctrine that sends people to hell. But you read a religious book. Nobody has a, you know, it's amazing. We don't have a problem when the church, when it picks us up out of the gutter. We don't have a problem with the Bible when it cleans us up and we, and we find salvation. We find, we find our spouse. We find the things of God. Our children are reared. Then all of a sudden, somebody 
starts talking to us. It's amazing. If you need this, take it, file it away. If you don't need it, that's fine. But the Spirit of God will lead you to a Bible preaching church, but it's a who that leads you out. Nobody ever left a Bible preaching, a Bible believing church because the Spirit of God leads them to a non Bible believing, Bible preaching church. It's never happened, it never will. It's a who. That's why you need to be careful of the who's that you talk to. Now, some of you aren't going to like this. And I, I didn't take a poll, so I'll probably let you know how I feel about it. You know, that who includes who you follow on social media as well. It is shocking to me the ungodly stuff that I see. And it says right there, liked by so-and-so. You know what you're saying to the world? I like sin. I like ungodliness. I like unholiness. I don't know where pastor's coming from, all this stuff. You liked it on your Facebook feed. It's not rocket science. It's a who. We must guard against the who. Some, some tonight, I've seen it happen. I've grown up in the house of God. I've grown up in this church. I've seen better Christians than me pulled away from the things of God. It was not a what that got them. It was a who that got them. I am more suspicious of the who's than I am the what's. Because the what only comes through a who. And so I, I want to I give this warning to all of us tonight. I'm very wary of the who's, who they, they don't attend the house of God. They don't believe the word of God. They're living life contrary to the word of God. Why in the world will we give them five seconds of our time? Why in the world will we give them an ear? It's a who. Pastor, if you went to this meeting and this conference, and you might come back with an idea. That's what scares me. That's what scares me. I'm not that good of a Christian. Maybe you are. If you can handle it, you're a better Christian than the Apostle Paul was. If you can handle it, you're the first one. I'm trying to help us tonight finish the race. I want to finish my race. I want to finish, and it, it, we have to be wary of the who. Don't be hindered in your race by the who. So, Pastor, what do, I, what do I do with that? Maybe you need to control who influences you. Maybe you need to change who influences you. Don't let Hollywood influence you. Don't, don't, don't let this world influence you. Don't give ear to the things that are, that are ungodly in this world. Pastor, we do. I mean, I, when, I, when I used to hear men like Dr. Jack Howes preach, and that man could preach 25 minutes on the evils of the telephone. He preached against the telephone. No, he didn't preach against the telephone. He preached against gossip of women on the telephone. But most people don't even have a phone now. I've often thought, what would he say about Facebook? Oh, my word. The Bible principles remain the same. You know, you know how we could have revival in our nation? 
If Christians would go home and unfriend and unfollow a whole lot of people. Unfriend and unfollow a whole lot of people. There's not many, any, and if you want to check my notes tonight, this is not in my notes, so I'm just assuming the Holy Spirit is saying, park right here. In the judgment seat of Christ, there's not going to be any rewards handed out for the most Instagram followers. I'm not telling you it's a sin to have it. I'm telling you, it's a, it, you, gotta, you need to, if you want to finish your race, you need to guard who's influencing you. And oh, I've alluded this in Sunday school, but if, if you're not upset at me yet, maybe this will do it. And, and I'm not on, it made me sound like I'm on social media a lot. I'm, I'm not. I am on social media, but it comes across. And there's this new fad of Christian ladies posing and giving all these scripture verses and have their cup of coffee and the Lord is good. And, and I'm sitting thinking, if I, they need a Sunday school class. Because they need an audience that they need to invest in. Look at me, look at me, how humble we ought to be in the eyes of God. Do we not see the conflict there? Okay, I've said enough about that. <sighs> Don't be hindered in your race. We're hindered by the who. Hindered by the who. Be careful of who influences you. So, Pastor, why are you? And I got one more point. We'll be done. So, Pastor, why are you preaching on this? Because if the Lord takes you home before he takes me home, and I have the privilege of preaching your funeral, I want to do it with the heart of here's an individual who finished their race. If the Lord tells you it's coming, one day you'll have my funeral. I hope it's a long time in the future. But I want people to look at their pastor as somebody who finished his race. I often thought how sad it is for those who have left the things of God, they've given up on the church of God. Their life's coming to an end one day too. I often imagine the funeral, because of what they've done for the cause of Christ, the funeral they could have had, the honor they could have had, because they finished. But they don't have that honor. And many times it's because they let somebody hinder them in their race. Number four, and I'm done. And all God's people said amen. Look at me at verse number one again. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. The problem many Christians have in Bible-believing, Bible-preaching churches isn't this, aren't the same problems that Christians have who've never taught the Word of God. It's been preached from behind this pulpit, the evils of alcohol. There's a lot of Christians today who get in the opposite kind of preaching. And I still think alcohol is something a Christian should have nothing to do with. Nothing to do with. Um, there's many things that are preached that we've been preached to, and we say amen to. But in a Bible-preaching church like this one, one that stood on the Word of God for years and decades, the hindrance in, in races is the weights. 
I thank God for the life he's given me. I thank God being taught the word of God at a young age, the opportunity to serve him at a young age. I'm thankful. And if God brought you, saved you later in life and he brought you from a different life, thank God for that. But I'm thankful that I was sheltered from a lot of things. I'm thankful for that. But if I'm going to finish my race, I need to constantly be laying down the weights that would hinder me. And it would do us well as we run our race to get certain things out of our vocabulary. Like, what's wrong with that? What's the big deal? When I could ask that question, I automatically go on guard because I feel like I, I understand the heart it's coming from. Now, if it's, just, if it's asked in sincerity, I, you, but you know, what I'm, you know the context I'm talking about. There are some things that hinder a Christian's race, and there's not a scripture verse in that Bible that, that forbids it. And this is where some critics of what we believe and, and what we believe the Bible teaches, they will use the, well, they believe things that aren't even in the Bible. Uh, apparently going to church and living a holy life is not there, but that's a whole other subject. What they don't understand is this principle right here. A pastor, if he's doing his, fulfilling his responsibility, he will preach against sin. He'll preach to these young people and say, don't give your life to this world. Sin will use you up, and when it's done with you, it will spit you out. This world will flatter you because they want what you have. They don't. When they take it from you, they will cast you aside. You don't believe me? Talk to the prodigal about that. There's, there's a whole list of people I can bring in front of you. And they'll say, listen to that man I wish I had. Or they'll say, I wish I'd had a pastor who would, who would preach against sin. If there's a preacher worth his salt, if he is fulfilling his responsibility, he's going to stand behind this, a pulpit. He's going to open the word of God. He's going to preach against sin. But part of responsibility is also to speak to you about the weights. As a pastor, there are some things that I have a responsibility that God's placed upon me simply because I, I, I fulfill the office of the pastor. And there are some things that I refrain from that would not be a sin for, for, for you, but I feel like they would be a weight that I would carry. Because it would hinder me from being what I need to be as your pastor. And like it or not, all the young people listen to me. Because you have been taught the word of God. You're giving opportunities that others don't have. And your mom and dad are going to put some pressure on you. Your pastor is going to apply some pressure on you. We're going to remind you to stay away from the sin of this world. We're also going to say, if you lay that weight down, you can serve God in a greater way. I say this often, and I'm going to say it again tonight because I want to be reminded as we grow, we need more people to serve. How, how disappointing is it going to be for a Christian who, when they had an opportunity to teach a Sunday school class, they weren't willing to lay a weight down so they could teach that class? I didn't say give up sinful life. You ought, you ought to give that up. We know that. 
I mean, if you spend longer than a day and a half at the Emmanuel Baptist Church, you know where we stand on, on things of that nature. We want to obey that book. But if I'm going to serve God in a greater way, if I'm going to run my race with patience and I'm going to finish and do all that I need to do, this book tells me, lay aside every weight. I've never been a professional athlete. I know that's shocking to you. But I happen to know enough about it uh, that if you're wearing a bunch of weights, a bunch of things that you don't need, you're not going to do as well as you could do. If I'm going to run a race, I'm not going to put a whole lot of weight on me, uh, literally or figuratively, and I'm not going to do that. I want to lay that aside so that I can run better. If our life is a race, it's a marathon, it would do me well to lay down the things that would hinder me. But I'm afraid there's a lot of Christians, and I, and I pray for you, I love you, I believe you know I love you, you know I pray for you, and, and I plead with you. I'm not talking about sins that, I don't have to preach against those sins. The Holy Spirit of God tells you about them. The Holy Spirit of God tells me about them. We know what, what, what this Bible teaches, and we know what it says. I'm talking about picking up the weights that are hindering you from running your race. Believe it or not... You have a pastor that's cheering for you to finish your race. I want to finish mine. Can I tell you how my race is finished? When I've helped you finish yours, that's my race. My race is to help you finish your race. And if I need to bear a burden for you to help you finish your race, I'll bear that burden. If I need to spend time in prayer for you more than the usual, I'll do it because my life is to help you finish your race. So I'm here to tell you tonight, if I'm going to finish my race, there's some weights that I've got to put down so I can run it more effectively. If you're going to finish your race, there's some weights that you've got to put down. Oh, can you imagine from my perspective how frustrating it is to see the opportunities of God before us and what your life could do for God in a Christian going around picking up weights. I'm going to run this race for God. I love God so much, and they're just picking up weights and picking up weights. I know what's going to happen. Before long, you're going to get weary. You're going to get tired. Because you're not as in good a spiritual shape as you think you're in. You're like the... The old man who remembers how good he was and his mind still says, I can go out there and do that, but his body says, dude, that was another lifetime. We make the same mistake spiritually. What is a weight for me, and this is where you need some spiritual maturity. Let me help you tonight. What is a weight for me may not be a weight for you. I say this statement to you, and I'll say it again tonight. Until you have your own standards and convictions, borrow your pastor's. But you need your own. Where do I get them from? Do I get them from you? You get them from that book. Now, until you've been saved long enough, until you spend enough time with God to for the Spirit of God to develop your own, you can borrow mine. But you need to have a time in your life when you say, this is, this is what I believe, not what this is what my pastor believes. Until you can say that, borrow your pastors. 
But finish, finish your race, but don't be picking up all these weights because there might be something that's away from me that I put down. I love sports. I'll use this as an illustration. I mean, is it the NCAA tournaments right now? Is that right? For those of you who like college basketball? There used to be a time when I would, like, take off work for March Madness. I'd send the family away. I mean, I just keep back that truck with those hot wings. Just keep backing it up. Just, just let's do it. I love sports. I haven't watched one college basketball game this year. Pastor thinks it's a sin. I shouldn't. No, I never said that, and I would never say that. For me, with everything going on in our church and in our own personal life, that'd be a weight for me. So in order for me to more effectively do what I need to do for the cause of Christ, as I run the race that God has designed for me, I said, that, that's a weight I'm going to put down. Now, if, if you've watched every game, and if you're checking your phone, because I think there's some games now, now don't do that, that's a sin. But um, it, it, I was, I'm just pointing over here. I wasn't pointing at Brother Bland. He's not, he's not, he's not checking his phone. It's just a habit. I've seen there's just a habit. Every time I, you know, I'm not, that's not, don't get, that's not what I'm saying. But for me, with, with what I need to do, I have to lay that down. Just like what might be a weight for me may not be a weight from you. What might be a weight for you may not be a weight for me. So all of us, as we run our race, has got to be willing to say, you know, this is just not good for me. Maybe you were saved out of a certain life. Maybe there are certain things in this world. There is not a verse in that Bible that says, thou shalt not. Now, there's a lot of principles in this book that cover a lot of things. For example, what we should think on covers a whole lot. But maybe it would fall into that category tonight of a weight. It's keeping you from hindering. Keeping you, it's hindering you from doing all that you could do for God. Don't confuse. Pastor just thinks everything's, no, no, no. I'll, I'll tell you what the Bible says. Pastor doesn't determine what's a sin and not a sin. Not like a Taco Bell is a sin, by the way. But that book determines what is sin. But I believe that God does give your pastor a little bit of discernment in helping you discern some weights that you might have to help you run your race. It's wonderful for me to see you grow as a Christian. It's a wonderful thing when I pray and say, Lord, we need this and this, and God puts somebody on my heart. They're the person to do it. Here's the way they can serve. It's disheartening when a Christian won't set down their weight so they can serve. And you want to say, you could finish. You could run more effectively. You could put down your weight. Tonight, I don't know who needs to hear this. It's been on my heart for weeks. The most dangerous time in the life of a Christian is when you hit that mountaintop, when you have a victory. We don't know it because we don't know the number. We've had a great victory today. 
We'll have a great victory next week and the week after. Let's be determined to finish our course. This motivates me, may not motivate you. Say, Pastor, do you preach like this to yourself? Oh, you ought to hear what I say to me. Let's, let's finish our race. Let's finish our race. If you finish, I promise you, it is going to encourage somebody else to finish. And if you stumble and fall along the way, don't quit. You've all seen those highlights and videos from the Olympics or competition. Somebody stumbles, somebody falls, somebody pulls a hamstring, and they drag that leg across the finish line, and everybody cheers. And why? Because they, is it because they won? And in those instances, it's amazing. I wonder how the person who actually won the gold medal feels. Because they don't cheer for him as loud as the person who obviously stumbled. But said, I've put in too much effort to not at least know what it's like to cross that finish line. And if you stumble along the way, pick yourself up. You may not win the gold, but you can finish. And it's amazing. It's amazing how that captures the heart of a crowd who's watching that race. They take their eyes off of the person in first place, and they watch to see. You know why that is? Because we all can identify with the person who stumbles. We all can identify with the person who's not going to finish first. Let's just finish. Father, use the message.